You're listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Eva Clay, episode 114. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and ideas on everything from manifestation and meditation to money, sex and relationships, self-love and body image, and life in general. I want you to know that you are not your thoughts, that you can choose your thoughts, and thus you and only you create your reality. It's time for you to take control of your life and let joy and abundance be your natural state of being. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. We got style and soul. Let's just let the good times roll. What up, homies? Welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey. Thank you, as always, for being here. I am very appreciative that you are. And, you know, I said welcome back, but maybe welcome to the show. Maybe this is your first time tuning in, and it's a really good one to tune into for the first time. I had an amazing interview that I can't wait to share with you all. But before we get to the episode itself, I wanted to give a shout out to a local business to my esthetician. Jess Milton. So I know that I have a lot of listeners in the Denver area, and I just wanted to shout Jess out because I recently went and got a facial with her. And I'm not kidding when I say that my skin looks and feels completely different. So the reason I was going in to see her was because I was having a lot of redness going on and it looked like rosacea. And I was like, is this rosacea? What's happening? And everyone was like, no. And then I was like, so then what is it? And it turns out that it was dryness. I mean, Colorado gets quite dry, especially when it's cold and I'm out running in the wind. And so I went in and saw Jess and it was the best experience. My skin feels still, it's been probably a month or two, feels amazing and it felt so nourished. And let's be real. One of the best parts of a facial is the massage. I got a neck massage and an arm massage and a hand massage and shoulder rub. And I was just (laughs) in pure bliss. So Jess is known as the Denver facialist and she works out of Succulent Skin Studios. And it is the most beautiful vibey spot. There's essential oils and natural products, and I just can't recommend her enough. So if you are in Denver and you want to go see Jess, all of her information will be in the show notes. So you can follow her on Instagram. You can DM her. You can go to the the Succulent Skin Studio website. I highly recommend. I actually was just like, oh, I'll just get like a one-off facial and it'll help my skin. But I truly, I I messaged her and was like, you'll be seeing a lot of me. (laughs) So definitely go check her out. Her information, like I said, will be in the show notes. And shout out to you, Jess, because you're a magic worker. (laughs) So as for today's episode, I am very, very excited and honored because I got to interview Eva Clay. So Eva is a sex psychotherapist and helps people go from stress to sexual wholeness. So when I found Eva online, I was really intrigued because, I mean, I'm so intrigued by all of these women on Instagram and in the online space who are just owning their sexuality and not only owning it, but also using it to manifest and using it to change their lives. And what I'm learning is that 
when we are in tune with pleasure and the ability to pleasure ourselves, that spills over into all different aspects of our life. And so it's so cool to learn about sex magic, as Eva calls it. And I was just so pumped because we dive into how to use sex to manifest. And if you're thinking, well, I don't even have a partner, that's so fine. (laughs) Even better to do it by yourself when you're really in control and you can think about what you want. And so we've dived into how to do it in both scenarios. You can do it with a partner or you can just do it with you're by yourself. But it's just like I said, super congruent with Valentine's Day because again, whether you're single or in a relationship, get down and dirty, (laughs) right? Get down, make some shit happen. And again, you know, I think that when we are in tune with the sexual part of ourselves, which is such a big part, it helps us to be confident and outspoken and powerful in all other realms. So anyways, I'm just so excited. Let's get right to the episode with Eva Clay. Hello, Eva. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Mm, Thanks. It's great to be here. So I think a good place to start with the discussion on everything. So you're a sex coach and you help women go from stressed out to stepping into their sexual wholeness. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey that catapulted you into what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just add that I do sex coaching, but I'm actually a sex therapist. So I'm a Mm. psychotherapist in my training. I'm a somatic psychotherapist. So that changes the orientation a little. My own journey and why I do this. Oh my God, I have the best job in the whole world. I just talk about sex all day, every day. It's so much fun. And people are so fascinating. Sex is such a beautiful part of our existence of being human and of our connection. So I feel so blessed and privileged to do this work. As I mentioned, I have a background in somatic psychotherapy And I've always specialized in women's sexual wellness. So I worked at Planned Parenthood for a long time. I ran a rape treatment clinic. I ran a battered women's shelter. So I've always been sort of like a love angel in a way. Like I I love love and I love relatedness. And that's my dharma. But I didn't start getting really, really into sex until I went through a divorce. And it was the, the end of my marriage which was really based on our lack of sex. And um, I had lost my libido, had a a wonderful marriage, but I lost my libido and it was like all of a sudden just gone one day and I couldn't figure out why. And I went to therapy, I went to doctors, I got my hormones checked and all the stuff that probably a lot of your listeners have gone through or thinking of. And nobody could like solve the, the case of the missing libido. And uh, we divorced. And after we divorced, it came back. Mm. Wow. Well, what's that about? And so it sent me <laughs> on this whole journey of like, <laughs> of what is libido? What, like, mm. Where does it come from? What, what makes us want to make love? What makes us not want to make love? I don't understand that. That's so com- confusing. Mm. And so it's been this wonderful odyssey the last decade of really learning both the art and the science the psychology and the soma, the somatic nature of women's sexual wellness 
And uh, it led me on this journey into Tantra, which has been a wonderful addition to my life for the last decade. So that's how I got here. And I just started sharing what I was learning with other women and they were really benefiting from it. And oh my God, we need this so much, Mm. right? We need this so much. So it's my great blessing to offer this to the world. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So soma and somatic therapy, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm not sure I even know that much about that. Yeah, somatic therapy. Soma just means of the body. Mm. So somatic means body therapy. It's a body centric way of doing therapy. So simply put, instead of just talking about your problems, we actually get into your body and work with the nervous system to rewire and to reorient your mind body system to a new way of being. So in my experience, I sort of have limited faith anymore in talk therapy can sometimes work really well. And sometimes you can just talk in circles for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I think somatic therapy is a kind of shortcut to a lot of the solutions we're really looking for. And it honors the body. Mm, Absolutely. That's beautiful. So going back to the question that you had after your divorce, when your libido did come back, what is libido and why do we go through times when it's gone or it magically reappears? (laughs) <laughs> it's, that's such a great question we all want to know like what makes me want to have sex you know I would say this like after so many years now of research and study and experience and working with this with women I'm going to kind of distill it and that is libido is an expression of your life force mm. essentially and it really doesn't have so much to do with sex mm-hmm. libido to me is more erotic than it is sexual. Mm. And if you can feel into the difference between these two, if you follow my work, you, you'll have heard me say this before, but I think it always bears repeating that in my experience, sex happens between the legs, but eroticism happens between the ears. Mm. So it's, And it's our relationship to the erotic. And I don't mean the sexual, but the erotic is the life force. It's the pulse of life that flows through you. It's your Shakti, your Prana, your Chi. It's your sense of aliveness. And for women, when our sense of aliveness is dimmed, nature doesn't want us getting it on. Because... (laughs) (laughs) we're not in a good place to like conceive and reproduce and have a child. So nature dials the libido down. We don't feel that sense of aliveness. So we don't want to offer our body and share pleasure and connect and we don't get turned on. Um, When we look at it this way, we we lift it out of the medical books, you know, out of Western medicine that if if the Western medicine's approach is that if a woman doesn't have a libido, there's something wrong with her. And this was the case in my marriage where I went on this odyssey to find out what's wrong with me that I don't feel like having sex. Nobody ever talked about what's happening in your relationship. Mm. <laughs> you know, what, what are the relational dynamics that could be adding right. to this? Or like, or what's the sex like? Mm. This is the one thing I ask women in, in couples and they're always so surprised when I do. And she says, well, I don't feel like having sex. What's wrong with me? And I say, well, what is the sex like that you're having? <laughs> yeah. You know, one one of my mentors, Esther Perel, she she says, um, it's not that women don't want to have sex. 
they just don't want the sex that's being offered to them. Mm. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Right. right. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so when we improve the sex that they're having with their partner, they suddenly want it. Mm. They're like, oh yes, I'll, I'll have some of that. That is what I want. That, yes, that I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seemingly obvious, but not something that you would think of. You kind of, or I, I have at least in the past, and I know that from what you're saying that there are other women and men, I'm sure who do this. You just, you know, oh, maybe I don't want that. And then you just kind of stop thinking about it and you give up on it not knowing, well, that's one route, but there are so many other different ways to be sexually expressive. That's right. So let's say someone just puts a plate of food in front of you and you take a bite and you're like, eh, that, that doesn't taste good. I don't want that. And you throw the plate of food away. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, maybe you could like add some salt or <laughs> sprinkle some vegan cheese on top of it or heat it up a little bit. Or, you, you know, there are so many ways to make it palatable. You don't have to throw the whole plate out. Mm-hmm. So this is what I help people do is, is season their mm-hmm. sex life and make it yummy and delicious. And mm-hmm. whether they're single or coupled, you know, we find a way to, to work with that and um, make sex a life affirming, uh, expressive, deeply nourishing experience. Mm. And do you find, and do your clients find that, once they can step into that wholeness, that sexual wholeness, that it seeps into every other area of their life. Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because sex, sex is your life force. Um, I can say this from a perspective of both like a, a tantric take or an energetic spiritual take, but also looking at evolutionary biology mm-hmm. and in terms of evolution, there are two main functions of sex. The, most people think the first function is reproduction, but it's actually not. The first function of sex is bonding, mm. is to reinforce the bonding in the tribe. And some tribes, some species of beings on the planet are monogamous, some are non-monogamous. It doesn't really matter. Sex is bonding. And then the, the second purpose from an evolutionary standpoint is reproduction. And, and so it's a good thing that these go hand in hand, bonding and, and reproduction, because we need them both. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to reproduce, it's good to have a partner to help you out with things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in terms of the tantric perspective, you know, there are so many benefits to not only sex, but just pleasure and orgasm, whether that's self-derived or you have someone helping you out with it. Um, it. It literally, it's like the fountain of youth. It keeps us young. It keeps us healthy and vital. And we all know this to some extent. Like when you're having a lot of great sex, how do you feel? You feel amazing. You feel- you Take know? on the world. <laughs> yeah, you take on the world. When you're not having sex, things start to atrophy. You constrict, you close down. So go have more sex, everybody. Yes. So for anyone who feels like they might be in the space of that closing off and not allowing themselves to be having sex, whether it be with themselves or with a partner, because they're afraid to give themselves or let someone give themselves what they want, what would a little advice be to 
anyone who needs to step into owning what they want. You know, I know that for a long time I was scared to ask for what I want. And I felt like I had to be a certain way sexually. And then I started to be like, this is serving no one. So how can someone step into owning what they desire for their pleasure? Yeah. When it comes to sex, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. In, in my work, I have three magic words and they're perfect for this occasion. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, I want you to write it down unless you're driving, but write this down. Make nothing wrong. Make nothing wrong. And we live in a culture that has a very limited, narrow definition of sex and what sex should look like, what it should feel like, what's good, bad, right, and wrong. And it doesn't serve us. So when it comes to sex, for women, number one, I want you to remember that your pleasure is your partner's pleasure. Mm. And the more authentic you are in what you ask for, the more attractive you become. Because any partner, whether it's male or female, whoever you're making love with, they want a blueprint to your pleasure. Don't we? Like, think about like, when you have a sexual partner, you want to please them. You want to make them happy. You want to perform well. You want to get them off. You want to whatever that is for you. And when your partner says, well, this is how to do it. This is how I like it. Like, yeah, I got it. So I don't have to guess. I don't have to, you know, try and like, I'm not, it gets them out of their head and like into mm. the experience. Cause there's like, here, I'm just going to give you the map. Okay. You have to drive in circles and wonder, just going to give you the map and let's go from there. Yeah. So um, I really want women to remember that because there's such a gag rule for women about asking for what they want. Mm. There's this belief that, they'll be unattractive or too much trouble or they take too long or um, it's not appropriate when actually none of that is true. Mm. We could also look at this again from an evolutionary perspective where, you know, for millennia, women have been penalized for speaking up, for using their voice, for disagreeing or having a special request that maybe takes more effort or more time. Mm. And, we have to bypass that evolutionary gag and breathe into the throat, breathe that open, breathe into the heart. And in my opinion, the thing that helps the most for women to learn how to make a request is to actually have the language in advance. Mm. Yeah. So are you open to me offering a tool for your listeners? Absolutely. Please. Okay. I'm a, I'm a big believer in tools. Like, why not just, you know, drop some knowledge here? Mm. I want you all to remember this phrase, I would love it if, or what I would love is. When you learn how to make the request in a way that is inviting and delicious and wonderful, and it's not laden with any criticism, then it's just an invitation for your lover to like, yeah, meet that need and hit that button and do it just how you like it. And it's exciting for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that feels so much more inviting than, well, we don't do like a closed off 
energetic statement is and shifting into what you just said. That's so helpful. Yeah. And what I find is women who are partnered. So in, in, especially in long-term relationships, we can tend to get critical and it's just kind of our cultural colloquialism, I guess, to lace a request with criticism when, um, this has been a big lesson for me. Criticism is actually completely unproductive. Mm. So notice the difference when I say these two sentences. First sentence is, I don't like that. Second sentence is, I would love it if you go a little slower. So you'll find that any request actually has no need or space for criticism when you can turn your criticism into a request, you begin to shift the tectonic plates of your relating. And especially when you apply this to sex. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is so helpful. And I can just feel from listening to you say those two statements, how much closer it would bring you to your partner by saying that I would love if, because I think with sex, it can sometimes be, we want to perform in a certain way. And when someone says, I don't like when you blank, it's almost like we get defensive. Oh, oh my God, you know, was I not good at that? Or am I not doing this right? So by shifting it into that, that changes everything and allows you to stay open and connected, which I love. Allows you to stay open and connected. And also not shaming anybody. So like when someone criticizes you in the most vulnerable moment, like when we're making love, it, we're, we're, all our channels are open. Like we're in a heightened state of neuroplasticity where we're vulnerable. And especially if you have a male partner, men I find have special conditioning around this, around their performance and around their ability to please a woman. And so when you lob a criticism at them, then in that moment or about sex, it's like a double insult. And most women don't get this because we're not acculturated this way. So it's sometimes can happen haphazardly, but I, I really want to encourage you to like, think about how can you hold two points of attention at the same time when it comes to your intimacy? This is for women. Number one, to be true to your own experience, to be absolutely authentic to your own experience. I know women have this phenomenon of performing or faking their experience with sex, or we, we endure, that's what I call it, we endure sex, we endure certain aspects of sex because there are a lot of reasons, but we wanna please him, we don't wanna piss him off, we wanna be loved, we wanna be accepted, we wanna have belonging, all these reasons. And then that snowballs into a big lie. So if you're listening to this, probably a lot of women are going, yep, I like, I lied for a whole year about my orgasms, right? You know, I, we, most of us have done this to some extent. So can you hold these two points of attention? Number one is being totally authentic to your own experience and staying totally embodied and being totally true. And number two, to engage and interact in a way that actually lifts your partner that lifts him, that it doesn't necessarily please him. It doesn't necessarily acquiesce to him, 
but you pour approval into him when he's earned it. Okay, so if he seems determined to give you an orgasm and he's in, you're having foreplay for a long time and he's super nurturing and caring about that, then lavish him with praise. I love it when you take your time. I love it when you go slow like that. It makes me so happy. Making love with you this way makes me so happy. That's a guarantee he's going to keep doing it the way you like it. Yeah. But remember to stay true to that first point. So lavish praise when you feel pleased. Mm -hmm. Don't lavish praise when you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think that's super important because I feel like, because I've been in that space where the, the endurance space, and I feel like what happens is as that lie that you were saying snowballs, so does the frustration that you're not getting what you want. And that just adds to it. And then you finally realize, wait, but I was perpetuating that because I never expressed what I like or what I want. And so as you start to realize that and you realize that you're safe to step into saying what you desire, that's just going to benefit everyone full circle. <laughs> Absolutely. And consider talking about sex outside of sex. Mm -hmm. Most people are super freaked out about doing this, but it's actually the most uh, useful time to talk about sex is when you're not having sex. Mm. And so a, a wonderful practice to get into when you're with a partner, even with a regular lover is maybe like an hour after sex or something like after that, you know, you've kind of come down and if you're not asleep, if you're, you know, or at the breakfast table, um, it's just a check in like, so how's our lovemaking going? Mm. How are you experiencing our lovemaking? And um, I'm, I'm really open to hear your requests. Is there anything you'd like to request of me? You know, how, how can I make our lovemaking even better? Yeah. And, yeah. and just open up the conversation. So then you also get to offer a request to your partner. Mm. I really love it when you go down on me for 45 minutes. Do you think we could do that every time? <laughs> please <laughs> yeah yeah or like I really loved it when you were going slow the other night I would love more of that so see there's no need for a criticism anywhere in this such a big shift mm -hmm. yeah definitely so what it requires though to talk about sex outside of sex what that requires is for you to get really comfortable with sex mm -hmm. and talking very openly about it. You know, and I think the energy with which we initiate a conversation about sex, about anything really, but especially about sex, because there's so much sensitivity, really sets the tone. To lean in and with a smile, beaming love at your partner. Like, I would love to talk about our lovemaking. How about you? Mm -hmm. That's going to get their attention for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Bringing back the conversation around it. And I think that, that again, will just add to how comfortable you feel with each other because it's taking away the, what is the right word for this? Not stigma, but I think that, you know, 
fear. Fear would be a good word around it, around sex, you know? And so I think that the more that you can talk about it, like you said, and is it, is it beneficial to talk about it outside of sex? Because that's when you're kind of in a more calm, level-headed state to have the discussion. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's much better. Um, but then of course, during sex, you'll want to make adjustments, you know, and, and like, yeah. And, and this is the thing, this is the core mindset. So we're going you know, to talk about mindset. You mentioned stigma and it's just crazy how stigmatized sex is. It's just, you know, ridiculous. We have this mindset of, you know, uh, this is anecdotal. Okay. But I find that men tend to have this mindset of like, I need to know everything and know how to do it perfectly just the way she likes it. And if I don't, then I'm less of a man or I'm, I have le- I'm less powerful mm-hmm. in some way. And women have this mindset of uh, lay back and take it and act like you like it or he won't be happy. And the two of them really feed each other and it creates culture. Mm. So we have sexual culture, which is the kind of the ocean that we swim in. But then we also have the microculture of each different connection. And this is what I'm saying is like why it's so important to talk about sex because you're actually creating a culture in your relationship where sex is not shameful, that sex is beautiful and wonderful. And let's work to please each other optimally and take our sex to the next level. Like how much more amazing can it get? And how, what can we discover with each other? Not only as an athletic act or a goal oriented bumping bodies together, but how can we reach altered states of consciousness? What else can sex be and expand the whole possibility of it? Yeah, that is actually the perfect segue to something I've been literally so excited to talk to you about. So you talk about sex magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, is that correct? Yeah. That's fine? Okay. And I like that because I feel like the magic of sex is something that I've heard in the spiritual space, you know, manifest through sex and bring your desires to fruition through sexual expression. And I've heard about it, but I've never understood it. And then as I researched you and got to know what you talk about, I was like, oh, this is cool. So could you tell us a little bit about sex magic and manifesting through it? I'd be happy to. (laughs) That's one of my favorite (laughs) topics. Yeah. So the science of sex magic is that when we're in a, in a state of arousal in our nervous system, um, in our sexual arousal system, we're in a heightened state of neuroplasticity. So the brain becomes more permeable and it's a perfect opportunity to inlay belief systems or goals or perception. So you're almost in like a, a state of hypnosis, okay? And so if you wanna program into your consciousness absolutely anything. Uh, you know, think about something you want or think about an attitude that you want to espouse. Like you want to be more confident or you want to lose weight or you want to call in a life partner. During your state of arousal is the most potentiated time to do that. Possible. It's the most potentiated time. And so, like I say in the video, if you go to my website, you'll see a video on the homepage. It says, never let an orgasm go to waste. Um, because you could be like planting seeds in your consciousness about that and so if you want uh, more money 
think about money when you're aroused and when you have that orgasm and do, this is what I call run the current of yes through your body. Like, yes, 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 yes. You know, we often say that actually before we're about to have an orgasm um, because we're, we're running the, the frequency of yes in our body. So can you conjoin that frequency of yes in your body with something you really want like money or a beloved or whatever fitness <laughs> um, and anchor that into your reality and do it repeatedly mm. as yeah. many times as possible. So like <laughs> orgasm every day, <laughs> your spiritual practice. Orgasm. <laughs> I'm into that. So how important is it to get into the subconscious mind in this way? How big of a role does the subconscious mind play in our beliefs and how our world is manifesting for us? Everything. Mm. Um, there's a wonderful quote by Carl Jung, and, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but like, um, it's something like, unless, the, until, unless and until the shadow is owned, it will show up in your life as events. Mm. And right, this is good stuff. So the subconscious is really running the show. I call it the backseat driver. So imagine that in a car of your life, you're sitting in the front seat, but there's no steering wheel. And in the back seat, there is one. So that's your subconscious that's like <laughs> steering you around. You think you're driving. Maybe it's one of those like little kitty cars at Disneyland that has a steering wheel, but it doesn't actually turn. <laughs> that's like the consciousness. Um, so it's absolutely essential to work with the subconscious. For, you know, if you... I, I'm doing this wonderful work right now with existential kink and um, which is all about bringing your conscious mind in relation into relationship with your subconscious mind. And so it's called the unio mentalis when they're conjoined, when they're in harmony, when your conscious mind is in harmony with your subconscious mind, that's when you create the primal manifestation state. And that's also akin to what's happening during sex magic. So if you, if the driver of your mind, like says you want more money, but the subconscious is saying, well, you really don't deserve it. Then it's going to create tension and a schism there. So you got to get your subconscious mind aligned. And that, as we know, that alignment is really what creates prosperity at any level. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that that took me a really long time to understand as I was on my journey, even, even as I was studying the science and getting to know the brain and getting to know manifesting, I was thinking to myself, you know, I meditate and I think good thoughts and I write in my journal every morning. And yet <laughs> why is the bill showing up or why is, you know, I'm getting a flat tire or what have you. And then I started to realize, oh, there is something far greater running the show, like you were saying, and it's the subconscious. So in terms of executing sex magic, what would it look like? You know, you can think about, oh, you know, I'm thinking about money during sex, but what would it really, what would it look like? How would we do this? Okay, great. So I would recommend doing this as a self-pleasure practice mm -hmm. and have in mind something that you're going to work with during the session mm -hmm. and make it beautiful for yourself. Light candles, put on some nice music, put on your beautiful lingerie, take a bath. Like don't just lay down and use a vibrator and bang it out. Like really make love to yourself and 
especially you know, right now as we're recording this, we're in lockdown. So what a wonderful time to really be a great lover to yourself. So all of this kind of sets the nervous system in, into the right space, into your sympathetic nervous system, so you can down-regulate and decompress before you go into the experience. Make sure you leave a lot of time and that you don't have anything you have to get to afterwards and that you've done some practice to release the day that came before. So you're really in a sacred space. And then, you know, however you like it, bring yourself into a mild grade of arousal. So don't go right for the orgasm. Don't make a beeline there. The thing is, if we want to get technical here, I love getting technical. It's actually the low grade of arousal that is the most neuroplastic. So imagine there's a pleasure dial that goes zero to 10, zero being no arousal, 10 being the highest arousal, like the peak of orgasm. Keep your dial, I call the pleasure dial, keep your dial uh, like from a two to a six, kind of in that mid range. And what's really fun, some circles would call this edging, is to bring yourself up and down that dial, up and down up and down. Now, when you're in this zone uh, of low-grade arousal, your brain is releasing all kinds of amazing neurohormones. I call it the pleasure cocktail. And it's the synergy of endorphins, opioids, oxytocin, dopamine. And this elixir not only creates more neuroplasticity in the brain, but it also boosts things like your confidence your metabolism, your immunity, your sense of self. You're like, it does all these magical things for women, especially. So keeping yourself from like a two to a six, up and down, up and down, maybe you inch up toward a seven a little bit, but then you bring it back down to a three. And while you're doing this, breathing, once you get aroused, I recommend a breath, uh, a mouth breathing. So in and out of the mouth, and it'll keep your arousal up. And then hold in mind the thing you want. Let's go back to money. So imagine yourself with money. See a picture of yourself having all the money that you want. Think of the things that you want to buy with that money. How are you going to use that money? And how does it feel when, you're, when you actually have the things that you want with that money? When you're debt-free and you're traveling the world or when you're, you know, whatever it is, have your designer clothing and how that feels. So bring in the feeling tone. And then keep running that circuitry of yes, yes, yes through your body as you're holding those visions. And you can even make love to money. One of my favorite practices is like, imagine money fucking you. Mm. Like just the way you like it to. Like good <laughs> fucking from money. And uh, if you enjoy penetration, imagine money penetrating you. Imagine money all over your body. Like I, and I talk about this in the video, like I actually have done many rituals where I get money, like actual paper bills and just place it all over my body, you know, and like roll around in a bed of money, like money, yes. <laughs> try to make sure they're new bills. So they're not too dirty. Go to the bank and get like some crisp hundred dollar bills and lay it out on your bed and like make love on it. Because you, you begin to, the science of this is that you begin to couple the experience of pleasure with money. And so that lights up the dopamine circuits and your unconscious then gets on board with your subconscious and says, oh, 
let's go make some money. Let's go actually just receive some money. You don't even have to make it. You could just receive it. So money becomes a big yes in your conscious mind and your subconscious mind becoming unified. Mm. That's the place we want to manifest from. I mean, I'm in. That is totally the place we want to manifest yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about an example that I heard you speak about? Because I always love hearing people talk about their examples of, of these things was a house that you wanted to sell. So you yeah. did sex magic on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, so fun. Yeah. I remodeled, uh, actually it was a condo. I remodeled a condo and wanted to sell it. And I actually needed, here's the thing. I needed a specific dollar amount of money in order to pay off my student loans and be debt free. Mm-hmm. So it, I worked from that perspective. And I think that's important to share because I didn't work from the perspective of like, oh, what can I get? Mm-hmm. Or what is it worth? Or what's the market right now? Like, I didn't look at any of that. I said, how much money do I need to pay off my student loans, which were <laughs> exorbitant at the time, I need to pay off my student loans so that I can be free of debt, so that I can move and then I can travel the world and quit my job and travel the world and be a coach and do all these things, which all of which I've done, by the way. Um, and I said, I need this amount of money. And I said, well, in order for me to take home, to pocket this amount of money, I need to sell the place for this amount. And it was way over market. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm going to list it at this amount and make love to that amount every day. Mm-hmm. So I put it on my altar. I put the amount on stickies all around my mirrors and I made love and used sex magic to that amount. I literally would just repeat. I don't, don't even remember what it was, but like, what I needed to sell the condo for. And I just said it again and again and again, every time I self-pleasured, every time I had orgasm uh, with myself or a partner. And it happened very quickly. Literally, I think the first weekend the, it went on the market, it sold for that exact number. <laughs> so I made the money I needed to, paid off my student loans, moved, quit my job and became a coach and started traveling the world. <laughs> Literally, like I'm living Bam. that life. Yeah. How long ago was that? Well, maybe six years, six years ago. <sighs> wow. So good. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it really works. I really, really emphasize like do this because this is technology that's literally at your fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yes. <laughs> you know, the more I learn about manifesting and all of these magical tools that we can have in our belts. Most of them are indeed right at our fingertips. They're free. They're in our imagination and they're things that we can indeed control and have pleasure doing so around. Absolutely. Yes. We've we've been conditioned out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So in your day to day, are there any specific pleasure routines or things that you have in place to make sure that you're stepping into, you know, pleasure for lack of a better word and that vibration that we've been talking about? Absolutely. It's more of a, a practice of mindfulness, like being mindful of that pleasure. Like there are things I do every day. Like I dance every day, I move every day and 
it's important, especially for women to every single day move from your pleasure, not out of habit, not out of obligation and not for any goal. So like your workout doesn't count. I'm not saying don't work out, definitely work out and break a sweat every day, but moving for pleasure is something totally different and following your pleasure. Women are so performative. You know, we like, we have so many expectations on us and we want to look good and we want to be loved. And I do too, you know? And so when we have a space that we cultivate every day where we don't have to perform or look good or comply with any kind of expectation of us, it's very liberating to the spirit. And in your movement, even if that pleasure is microscopic, that it's not even discernible that you're moving, that you're only moving your tongue inside your mouth. You're only wiggling your little toe. Like do what brings you pleasure, not, be, not for any other reason. That is revolutionary for most women. For myself, I sing every day because that gives me so much joy. And um, I have, I love scents. I have essential oils everywhere. I have, if you could see, your listeners won't see anyway, but if you can see my desk right now, like I have feathers all around because I like to tickle myself with feathers. I have little pictures and images and sayings, like everything around me. Like if you saw my house, everything is about pleasure Mm -hmm. because that's where I create best from. That's how just, I want my whole reality to be based on pleasure. And I get so much done. And pleasure is ultimately super productive. If you're a woman and you want to be productive, get into your pleasure. Yes, totally. That is something that I have finally started to understand. And I mean, it's kind of along the lines of everything that we hear in the spiritual arm, you know, put out the energy that you want to attract. Well, you want to attract pleasurable things, put pleasure out and you want to be spreading pleasure and you want to be spreading joy. And that's why from that place, you know, you'll have more energy anyways. So that extra few minutes to tickle yourself with feathers or in the morning, I love to open the window a little and it gets some cool air in and I look out the window at the blue skies and I just lay. And in the past, performative wise, you were talking about, I set my alarm, I got up, I meditated, I worked out like in this rigid (laughs) way. And now I lay in bed and I look at the sky and I'm like, this is so great. And that is the real catalyst for all of the things that I want to do for the day. And they all end up getting done. The things that I might've thought of or that I might never have thought of if I wasn't in my pleasure. Absolutely. I, and I love the way you put that. Like, you're like, I got up, I meditated, I did the da 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 da. So, even as women, we're engaging so often in our spiritual practice in a masculine way that it's, it's, there's discipline and obedience about it. And all of that is good. And structure and rigidity, all, that has its place too. I actually really benefit from that. Mm-hmm. But we have to create a feminine space for ourselves every day you know, and like you're laying, like your example of you're laying on the bed and like gazing out the window and seeing something beautiful and really savoring that and really taking that in, that is an important practice. So it's not looking at your phone while you're resting. It's not doing something, getting something done, looking at your computer while you're resting. It's like actually resting and taking in the world with your eyes and with your senses. This is so deeply nourishing for women. So highly recommend some of that every day. Totally. And that also taught me, you were talking about 
money, just receiving money, not having to earn or work for it. What if I could just receive or just allow money in? And I think that when we do step into our pleasure and you get into that delicious space, then you realize, Ooh, I could just receive right now. Cause I just feel so good. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And all of this uh, that we're talking about regarding receiving and receiving pleasure, you know, wink, wink, ladies, this builds a neural pathway for you. So when, like when women come into my programs and they want to have more pleasure, more orgasm, we go into a pleasure practice, which has nothing to do with sex. It has to do with noticing the pleasure that's around you and available to you at all times. And whether that's the breath that you take right now, or it's when you close your eyes and remember something wonderful that happened, the more that you build the neural pathway, so to speak, of orienting your attention towards pleasure, that's going to show up in your sexuality as well. And you're going to begin to experience more pleasure when you're there with yourself or a partner and orgasm becomes more accessible from that space. So imagine like we're having sex all the time with all the elements around us. We're taking it in, we're savoring it, we're experiencing it, we're running it through our body like a current. And in this is a tantric viewpoint of like, we're making love all the time. Yeah. I think that's a really cool way to go through life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it takes a little of the serious edge off of things when you think about things like that. And that's how it can be. I love that. Uh, okay. So I have one more question for you, Eva, before we start to wrap up and we can tell everyone where you're at. So one thing I've been asking listeners that they've, who have been coming on the show is what is one challenge you have faced recently or are currently facing? And what is the lesson that it's teaching you? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, hmm. Well, I think the biggest challenge I have right now is what a lot of people are challenged with, and that's isolation. Mm. Um, I am an extrovert, extrovert, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm in the middle of a room full of sweaty bodies. Mm. And all of the places that I thrive in and that I receive nourishment from are like Tantra circles, yoga class, ecstatic dance, a dance floor. Like they're all these embodied, sweaty indoor places, of, of course, of which we have zero access to now or <laughs> who knows when. <laughs> and so the, the lesson and the invitation has really been how to nourish myself and how to derive that nourishment from places where I used to, that I can't anymore. And I think a lot of us are in a position of like turning towards ourselves at the moment and really examining our own relationship to structure and life force, life, life itself. And um, it's not easy, you know, it's not easy. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it. Um, yeah. But I, I like, here we are almost a year in, I'm, just starting to see the silver lining I'm like hmm, all this time alone and and inward all this inward focus what is that actually bringing me yeah kind of depth 
can I continue to cultivate from this inward space? That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's funny because I came up with that. (laughs) I just changed the question that I was asking people maybe two weeks before Corona really. (laughs) So then then pretty much, you know, it's been, it's been a blanket of, well, (laughs) I think, you know what I've been struggling with because we all have, but thank you so much for sharing that. So Eva, where can we find you on Instagram? Where is the best place to interact with you and how can people work with you if they're looking to get more? Yeah. Come find me on my website, evaclay.com. And get on my newsletter list so we can stay in touch that way. And then on Instagram, you can just find me at, at Eva Clay, E-V-A-C-L-A-Y. And you can join my, my universe there. Um, but I, I really love to meet you on my website. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. And both of the links to all of that will be in the show notes. So Eva, thank you so much for coming on. This has been enlightening and so enjoyable. I'm so <laughs> appreciative. <laughs> my pleasure. And there you have it, my friends. Such an amazing episode. Eva, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and your light and your spontaneity and your fun and your magic. It was just so cool and refreshing to have a conversation about sex and to step into that power and that openness and that fluidity. And I think it's something that we can all work on doing is just opening ourselves up to that and getting to know ourselves better and more deeply. And yeah, let's all try some sex magic, right? Right in time for for Valentine's Day. And I think that the best part about this is whether you have a partner or not, that does not matter. You can do this. And this is such a good way for you to come into your manifesting and your pleasure and stepping into the role of I am in control of my pleasure and what that induces. So all of Eva's information will be in the show notes. Definitely give her a follow on Instagram and check out everything she's doing on her website. And as for me, I'm just bopping around, you know, you guys know me, (laughs) still, still getting decorated in the new space. And it's actually really fun just taking it really slowly and figuring out my style. You know, the last time I decorated was a few years ago and I'm such a different person and it's an industrial lofty kind of place that I'm living in now. So it's really cool to feel into what I want. And it's just been so great. And my business, it's so funny because so basically I have the show and I am a life coach and I've actually had a lot of clients in the past few months. And if that's something that you would like to do, if you'd like to work with me, you can go to my website or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. Although I'm taking kind of an Instagram break as you might've noticed, but those were my two main outlets, not only for my business, for but for my purpose as well. And what I started to realize is sometimes our career and our purpose don't have to necessarily be inextricably linked. Now, what I mean by this is I have been consciously creating more wealth and abundance in my, in my life. And I've been really thinking better thoughts and deep diving into what I believe about abundance. And I've been trying to produce abundance in my cells and feel into this and meditate on it. And what started to happen was this other route started to appear, this new path. And for me, that's copywriting and content writing and social media. And so I've been writing emails for big companies and entrepreneurs, and I've been doing website content. And I'm finding this new outlet for myself in writing that I'm very good at. And 
it's making me a lot of money. And the reason I want to share this is because two reasons, actually. One, like I said, your purpose might not be exactly what you think it is. So I do think that this show and speaking is my purpose and helping other vo- other people's voices be heard. But what I never realized is, and if I had closed myself off to this other outlet, is that I can also be a conduit to people's whys and what they're trying to convey to the world and how they're trying to change the world by writing for them. And so if I hadn't been in tune with, yes, this does feel right, and I had just listened to my mind who was like, well, that's not the show. That's not life coaching. I would have been like, oh, I'm not a copywriter. (laughs) And I would have turned down something that is a part of the path of least resistance for me to not only wealth, but also fulfilling a service that I can do. So just thinking about that. And then the other part is, and this is important for anyone who is starting a business or a new career venture or a passion project is that what I'm realizing is it's really nice to have a big financial outlet that isn't my passion. So rather than having the show or the coaching be the main sources of income, having a big main source of income and then having my passions just as a fun extra has made things much easier because then you don't have all of these strings attached to fulfilling your purpose or wanting to do the things that you want to do. It's not like, okay, I have to get this many clients or, you know, what if, what if another sponsor doesn't show up or, or any of those things that the mind starts to worry about. And inadvertently, no matter what, you will start to have resistance to that or fear because you're relying so heavily on the thing you love and you don't want that. Right. And so my, my reason for sharing this is just to be open to things. If you set an intention, so mine was I'm going to make six figures this year and something shows up, be open to it. If you set an intention for love and it's someone very different than you thought, we all know I have dated quite the array of people. And sometimes I was like, oh man, we back to girls. Okay. (laughs) You just have to be open to what is being flowed to you because you know deep down and your soul knows and your intuition knows and the universe knows and it's just leading you there and your job is to quiet the mind enough to allow yourself to go down that route right so yeah it's 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 a wild ride man <laughs> but it's a good one and i'm just i'm just feeling really excited and really grateful and i also want to say this if you are not in a place where you feel like you're doing your thing or things are working out or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling scared or you're feeling uncertain, it's so fucking okay. It is so okay because the awareness of the fact that you know what's going on is the biggest and most crucial way to change, to induce change is by being aware of, okay, these are the things I'm feeling how can I start feeling better? What can I do? And I know like if you, if you just started listening to the show, you might not know that I used to have crippling anxiety day in and day out. And I got myself out of it with my mind and with meditation and with spiritual practices and yoga and running and all of these things. And it's going to be different for everyone. But I just want you to know that whether it's this podcast or someone else's podcast or someone on fucking Instagram who seems to have it all together we're all human and we're all doing our best and whatever your best is today, it is more than enough. More than enough. 
You are more than enough. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are handsome. Everything is working out for you behind the scenes, even if you can't see it. Here, it smell it, taste it, touch it. It's all working out and it's all going to continue to work out. The only thing that you have to do, <laughs> you don't have to do anything, is to feel good, feel incrementally better. Think a little bit differently. Think a little bit better. Believe in yourself a little bit more, right? You can do this. And if you need help, do it. I still have a coach. Sometimes out of nowhere, like the past week, I could just feel shit starting to stir beneath the surface. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> right? When you're like, yeah, I cleared all that out. It's like, mm-mm. So, you know, if, if, it's, if it's a coach or a therapist, someone to talk to, to start to change that, it's really, it's easier when you have an outsider looking in and helping you because Sometimes there is a lot of deep inner work to do. And other times it's just that you're believing what the mind is saying and it's all bullshit. So <laughs> whatever it may be, just tune into that. But just truly know that like we're human, you're human. You're here to feel joy and experience. You came into this body as a soul who was like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to change consciousness, but I'm also going to have a shit ton of fun while I do it, while I bring up the world, while I serve. It's going to be so fun. And I am allowed to have anything that I want. So yeah, that's my piece for today. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful <laughs> Valentine's Day. And I will have my computer back shortly after releasing this episode. So hopefully we'll be back in the swing of things. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram. I know I'm taking a little break, but it's at Casey underscore Edward. If you DM me and I don't respond, you can just shoot me an email. My email's right in there. And if you're interested in coaching, I just had a few spots open up because I had packages finished. So that's probably the easiest way is to DM me or just email me. It's on my website as well. So whatever feels right for you, you can follow the show at I can't wait to tell you dot podcast. And if you like the show and you find it gives you value, please do subscribe as well as leave a comment and a review. It's really, really helpful for me and I appreciate it. And I fucking love you. <laughs> I really, really do. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.